Welcome to the Proclaim and Defend podcast, a ministry of the Foundations Baptist Fellowship International. We seek to encourage and inform pastors on modern-day topics from a biblical perspective. Our mission is to bring together like-minded Baptists to collaborate in glorifying God through fulfilling the Great Commission. Why I Surrender All Still Applies There's a growing movement within evangelical Christianity and fundamentalism that treats the revival era especially the century between 1850 and 1950, with disdain. I am concerned that we do this to our own hurt. While there were excesses within that era, especially the formulaic manipulation of Phineism, God also did wonderful works of grace, not only in the lives of individuals, but in Bible-believing Christianity around the world. The greatest missionary efforts since the apostles occurred during that century, and the gospel has spread to almost every corner of the globe. The criticism of the revival era has extended to, or maybe even extended from, the music of the era. Certainly, many of the tunes of the time seem simplistic and anachronistic now, and some of the lyrics can seem overly emotional. But we are emotional people, and our faith impacts our emotions. I cringe when I hear criticism of the revival era invitation songs like, I Surrender All, Have Thine Own Way, and Nothing Between. This is especially so when the criticism extends to revival-era terminology used in those songs, like the word surrender. Surrendering to our Lord is an essential sanctification principle, and we dare not minimize it, along with its synonyms like brokenness. What surrender is not? Part of the disdain for the idea of surrender comes from mischaracterizing the term by people on both sides of the sanctification argument. Surrender is not a means of keeping salvation. When we're regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit, it's a once-for-all work. We're in His hand. John 10. He will keep the soul that I've committed to Him. 2 Timothy 1.12. We become possessors of eternal life, everlasting life, which cannot end or it never was eternal and everlasting to begin with. The concept of surrender is not perfectionism. We do not become completely sanctified when we surrender our hearts. Every believer has growing to do, and that growing is based upon an ever-expanding understanding of the will of God, as well as a maturing understanding of ourselves. We move from immaturity to maturity. Surrender is not about our maturity in sanctification. It's about our estimation of who God is in the relationship to who we are. He is our Lord. He is our Master. We must surrender to that concept and commit to walking in broken obedience to Him. Surrender is not permanent. It should be, but it isn't. We often climb back on the throne of our hearts when we resist some aspect of his clearly revealed will. True believers are constantly surrendering their will to his. Surrender is necessary in some sense, but salvation. If I do not surrender my dependence on my own self-righteousness and completely cast my dependence upon Jesus Christ, I cannot be saved. Salvation is his work, not mine. So what is surrender? Well, surrender is a submission to a new identity. He's the master. I'm the servant. Paul constantly reminded himself and others about this when he referred to himself as the doulos or the slave of Jesus Christ. In our arrogance and self-will, we might question what he demands of us, but there should be no longer any doubt about who is the boss, who is in charge. Surrender is an in-the-moment condition. The old invitation song, Nothing Between, is a good explanation. It means that as far as I know, in this moment, I'm surrendered to Jesus Christ in my life. I do not have outstanding sins for which I must ask for forgiveness, or disobedient practices to which I am clinging. 
I am trusting the word of God and the convicting power of the Spirit to reveal any barrier between me and my Savior. Psalm 139, 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, know my heart, try me, know my thoughts, see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. We trust God to reveal to us what he wants for us to know and to surrender to. There's a danger in surrendering the idea of surrender. The biggest problem with 21st century Western Christianity is not irreverence, though that is great, materialism, though that is a huge problem, superficiality, oh, we are superficial, or even its suspect approach to biblical interpretation. The greatest problem of Western Christianity is the problem of self-will. All the other excesses spring from this root. Our present Christian culture is faith on our terms. We want to be in charge. We want our faith to honor our carefully prescribed boundaries within our hearts. We want God's blessing and our sins too. Jesus will have none of that. As a result, we have a form of godliness, but no presence of its true reality, 2 Timothy 3.5. The New Testament has a lot to say about surrender. Surrender is our essential, reasonable service. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Surrender is why we call him Lord. Luke six forty six and 7 says this, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things which I say? Surrender is necessary for walking in the Spirit. Ephesians five eighteen through 21 And be not drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled or controlled by the Holy Spirit. Surrender is necessary to resist Satan. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Surrender must be complete, all of life. The Apostle Paul describes it as being crucified, dying to ourselves. Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Surrender of life's purpose is the key to all other blessings. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. By the way, that is not about time so much as it is about priorities. I make the kingdom of God and his righteousness my priority in life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Matthew 6.33. There are hundreds more verses on this subject. Before we become too critical of the revival era preachers, teachers, and songwriters, we might be wise to acknowledge that the self-will of our era far outweighs the excesses of theirs. This has been the Proclaim and Defend podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and give us a good review. If you want to learn more about the FBFI, check out our website at fbfi.org or our blog, Proclaim and Defend, at proclaimanddefend.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Proclaim and Defend podcast. Thank you.